So let's go to the Lord right now and do that. Ask God to be with us and to uh, speak to our hearts today. I want to preach to you today on he heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. He heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. So Father, we love you. We're so glad to be here in your house. And God, Lord, I'm thankful for the text that just came through, God, to remind us, God, that our police chief in this town, God, needs your prayers. And Father, we just pray that you would reach down, God, to him right now. And Lord, you would just minister healing to his body, God. I pray that he would just, uh, Lord, just you would breathe life into him and just, uh, just heal him with the touch of God, Lord, like we know that you can. Lord, touch him, draw him closer to you, draw this community closer to you. God, protect this community. Be with the police department while, while uh, the chief is out, Lord. Just uh, be with them and lead them and help them. Help our community, Lord. We thank God for the leaders and the officials in this, uh, in this community. We thank God for the pastors and other leaders in this community. And we just pray that you would help them, help the churches in this community, Lord, to work together in the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this last day, God, in this last hour, Father. I pray that you would just uh, bless our, our country and our nation, God. God, we desperately, desperately need you, God. There's a, times have changed in this world, God, and we knew that your word said that they would. And God, we're living in a different time and a different day, God, than, than we were uh, a few weeks or months ago, God. And we want to be prepared, God. We want to hear what, what you have to say to us every week. It's, it's, it's of, of vital importance now, God. We can't just come, Lord, to these pulpits with just entertainment any longer. God, we have to have a word from you. We have to have a word from your heart, God. And Lord, we know that the time is of the essence now, God, for people to come to Christ. And so, Lord, God, we need to be going out of this church, God, into the highways and byways and hedges, God, everywhere we go, taking the gospel and the good news of the kingdom, everywhere we go, telling people to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you can be saved. And God, we want to tell that message everywhere we go and until you come. So, Lord, speak to our hearts today and change our lives through the word of God. In your name we pray. Amen. If you got your Bibles, be turning to Ezekiel 33. One again, we're talking about he heard the sound of the trumpet. Oh, I just brought this to sound of the trumpet. Brought the sound of the trumpet. I wish I could blow it, but uh, Patty asked, are you going to blow the shofar? I said, well, no, you don't want to hear me blow the shofar. <laughs> Cole can blow the shofar, but he's up teaching upstairs. So, uh, but uh, Ezekiel 33, one, I want to talk about he heard the sound of the trumpet and took not warning. Now, alarm, uh, watchmen, uh, they, they would uh, blow trumpets and, uh, or sound warnings. They would stand on the walls and they would watch over the cities and they would watch on behalf of the people and they would begin to sound the alarm if something was not going right or not going well. If, if, if incredible judgments were, were at the door, then the watchmen, watchmen would begin to cry and say, pay attention. Hey, wake up. Look, look out on the horizon. Something's coming. And sadly, as we see in all the times that we go back through the Word of God, you go through Isaiah, you go to Ezekiel, you go to Jeremiah, you go to so many other places, Noah, you go to Sodom and Gomorrah, you see so many times where the watchmen got up on the wall during those times and began to sound the alarm. And the problem is no one wanted 
wanted to hear. No one wanted to listen. They said, just, just get that away from us. We don't want to hear those words anymore. We're tired. You've been saying that forever. Noah, you've been preaching that for 120 years. We're sick of it. Can't you come with a message of happiness? Can't you come with some other message that would make us feel good? Get that away from us. We don't want to hear it anymore. We want to go on with our eating, with our drinking, and our giving in marriage. And I believe that's a lot of the way America is today. It's like, hurry up. Can we stop with the mask? Can we stop having to go in the... Can our lives stop being disrupted and get back to normal? Don't tell me anymore about what's coming. I don't want to hear anymore about the Lord's coming. I don't want to hear anymore about doom and gloom. I don't want to hear anymore about anything negative because I just want to hurry up and get this over and get back to the way things always were. Really where our nation was perishing and going to hell. <laughs> you know, and, and so, so I want to talk to you about that very thing, about, about hearing the sound of the trumpet and taking not warning. So if you got your Bibles, go with me in the, in the book of Ezekiel 33. And we're just going to read five passages of Scripture here, and then we're going to talk about those. So it says here, Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon the land, if the people of the land take a man of their coast and set him up for a watchman, if when he sees the sword come upon the land, he blows the trumpet and warns the people, then whosoever hears the sound of the trumpet and takes not warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and he took not warning and his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. Father, I pray again that you would speak to our hearts and I pray that you would just help us to be not only hearers of the word today, but also doers of the word, God. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us a word, God, that would transform our lives, God, that we would take and that, Lord, I pray that you will preach this today, God, that they'll, people will know, they'll, they'll know it's God speaking today, God, that, that, that I'll know that, God, that there'll be a different sound and a different ring in this message and we just, we just know it's your voice speaking to us through it, God. I pray that the Holy Spirit would come and make this word living and breathing and sharper than any two-edged sword, God, and that it would just cut and divide. And I pray that people's lives would never be the same today, God, that they'd be changed, God, that if the game player would stop playing games, God, that the lukewarm and the backslider would turn back to you, God, and run to you, God, while there's still time, God. Lord, the one who is uh, on fire, that they'd just continue to press in and know you even more and more in this last hour, God. There may be one here today, God, and they're called into the kingdom of God. They're called to be a, a God, a, a pastor, a teacher, a missionary. Maybe they're not called, and today you'll call them, God, into the work of the Lord, God. I just pray that, Lord, you would do mighty things in this, in this message, God. I don't even know how to ask for it because there's things far beyond my mind and my, my ability that you want to do in people's lives here today, and God, I just pray that you would just move sovereignly over this place, God. You knew who, you knew this message would be preached today. You knew who would be gathered here, and Today, I pray that you would just speak to us and change us through it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So God is speaking strongly to my heart. He's always spoken to my heart. When I accepted the call into ministry, I knew that my 
calling was to be. Uh, really, if you ask me in a nutshell what my calling, I believe it's to call the church back to repentance. I've always felt that that's been the heart cry of my heart. I believe it's been uh, to be a watchman on the wall, so to say, and uh, sound the alarm of what's going on in the, in the world, in the nations of the world, in people's hearts and lives, and to call us back to repentance, to call us to the most deepest, best place we can be in God, to know Him and to love Him with all of our hearts, with all of our soul, with all of our might, and with all of our strength. And God has been telling, speaking that to me more and more as I see the day approaching, as I see the days that we're living in, that he's speaking so strongly, Brad, take the seriousness of your call. Make make sure you take it seriously now. Make sure that you understand that there is deception in the world today like never before. And that deception is just continuing to become more and more increasing, more and more that we're seeing wolves and false teachers and we're seeing false prophets that have come in and that many now have departed from the faith and they've given heed to these teachings and these doctrines of demons and devils and apostasy is beginning to take place every day on the face of the earth and I'm here to tell you I don't mean to tell this Marcy and I I feel like the biggest attack of my life is taking place now more than ever that, that, that we know our heart and our message is to deliver truth and love and the more we deliver that right now the more we are being absolutely attacked and persecuted and sadly it's not the world out there attacking and persecuting us today. It's the church. It's the people right inside of the walls of the church that we're getting the most backfire from. You need to calm down. You need to just, you know, you need to, you need to preach softer. You need to, you need to lighten up. You, you know, you're too fanatical about Jesus from the church in the last days. And guess what? That, that can get on you when you're down under COVID and you're down under all these things and you can start your mind to start saying, now, am I being too fanatical? Am I being too hard? Am I preaching too much on sin? But then I get back into the Word of God and then I hear things going on in the news and I think, Brad, you're not preaching hard enough. You're not warning enough. You're not telling it like it is enough. And so there's such deception today and it's increasing and there's such apostasy. And if we ever needed the word of the watchman to stand up in pulpits all over this nation and to clearly hear the word of God from a watchman's mouth, the time is today. No more game playing. No more getting up in the pulpit with our little skits and our entertaining words. It's time to preach the word of the Lord. Amen. And so in Ezekiel, people sold out to the call of God. In Ezekiel 8, God took Ezekiel. I love to have a good time. You come over to my house, we're going to laugh, we're going to cut up. I'm going to be one of the craziest people to hang around with you. We're going to have a good time. But when I get in this pulpit, man, I believe I am mandated by God to come thunder the Word of God. Amen. And I, and I tell you, in Ezekiel 8, the prophet is brought to the temple of Jerusalem in a vision. And the Lord takes him uh, to the temple. And, and there's all kinds of, uh, of, of, of abominations going on at the temple. There's idols outside of the temple walls. If you go read the whole chapter there, there's Asherah poles that are out there. And there's all sorts of things that are creeping into the church. And God drops Ezekiel down into the, 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 into the inner courts there. And the prophet, he's told to dig into the wall and, and to see what's going on in the inner chambers. 
See what the priests are doing. See what's going on inside the house of the Lord. And he begins to see that the elders of Israel are worshiping every abominable and creeping thing on the face of the earth. And why is he making Ezekiel dig like that? Why is he causing him? Why didn't he drop him down inside the place and let him just see? Why did he make him dig inside the wall until he saw it? And I believe it's the same reason he wants the watchman to go into the prayer closet and into the Word of God and begin to dig and begin to say, God, show me what's in the heart of your people. Show me through the Word of God what's going on in the heart of Brookside. Show me what's going on in the hearts of American people. I believe he wants us to dig into him, press on into him, and to find out what's really going on in America, what's really going on in our schools, what's really going on in our nation, and begin to dig further. God doesn't just give the casual person the secrets of the kingdom, does he? There's always a digging. There's always a pressing in. If you want to find the treasure in the field, you've got to push in. You've got to seek Him and you'll find me. Seek me and you'll find me. Seek me and you'll live. He continually tells us over and over to seek Him. And I believe that's why He took Him down to the temple walls and He said, dig in. Dig in and let me show you what's really in the heart of the people of God. And I believe that's what watchmen really do. I believe that's what true men of God that get into the pulpit or, get, or teach classes. I I believe that's what they do. I believe they seek and they dig out the heart of God. I believe they go into the Word of God and they get a message, not just off the internet or somewhere or here. They go into the book and they begin to hear the Word of God. They begin to hear the cry of God's heart. And then they come out of that place with fire. Fire words. Fire shut up in their bones that they begin to deliver to the people. And that's exactly what he's doing here. And watchmen must be able to discern what's going on in the people's heart. And and we find that in the Word of God and in prayer. Now, here's what I believe. I believe every pastor is called to be a watchman. I believe we're all called to be watchmen. I believe we're called to stand and watch, to keep watch over the city, to keep watch over your souls, to keep watch over the people of God, that we're to watch and see. We're to, we're to, we're to inspire you to love uh, other people and to love God and to forgive God, each other and to keep yourself unspotted from the world like James 1.27 tells us, pure religion and undefiled is this, to look after the widows and the orphans and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And, and so every pastor is called to be a watchman. We're to watch over people's hearts. We are to watch over the corporate body that he has put us in and that he's given us watch over. We're to protect. We're to keep watch over that. And so with all that being said now that you understand that we're to be watchmen, what are the characteristics of a watchman? And I want to give you five of them. And the first one is this. Number one is watchmen understand the necessity and the vitalness of needing to watch. I know that sounds kind of simple, but a watchman, it's not simple because God has put it inside of them. God has put an unction inside uh, of these people to, to, to watch, to, to literally watch over the people of God. You can look all through the Word of God. There's always hirelings and there's watchmen. There's people who run when trouble comes and there's people who run into the trouble. There's people who lay down their life for the sheep and there's people who were hired and just draw a paycheck and get money. And here the watchman understands the need to watch. And the reason he understands the need to watch is he knows danger is lurking everywhere. He knows that danger is all around. Him. Paul was constantly concerned. Hey, I'm about to leave. And when I leave, I know that wolves are coming in among you. I'm concerned because I know that at, at my absence, I know exactly what's going to happen. I know
know that they're coming in and they're going to deceive and I know they're going to they're, they're going to begin to try to bring in false doctrines and false teachers and they're going to bring sin into the camp and they're going to do all sorts of wicked things and so you constantly see this warning not only in the Old Testament but in the New Testament where these, these men uh, and women of God stand up and they understand the danger that can appear out of nowhere and that people must be warned that we must be warned to look out and watch out for our souls. Amen? Hey, the thing's coming out of Hollywood. Hey, the thing's coming out of here. Hey, what you're reading. Hey, that stuff you're involved in. It's not good for you. And there's a constant watching over the souls of these people. And so watchmen are constantly walking. They walk the walls. They know. They're looking out. They're scouting out what's coming in. They know. They know their sheep. They, 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 they look out for them. Man, I know when somebody's here and when they're not here. I know when somebody leaves. And I go through this grieving and grieving and grieving for days. You guys, my wife, I don't like it, uh, but I just, I just know, you know, your sheep and you know, I know who's going to be here this Sunday and who's probably not going to roll around for another three weeks because I know their habit. I know the habits of people. I've been here 21 years pastoring this flock. I know the habits of people. I, I've watched them. I've observed them and I, and I, and I want to protect. I want to feed. I want to nurture. I go home each week and listen to sermon after sermon after sermon, walking the walls and saying, God, what, what I I can't go to that pulpit unless I hear your voice. I must have a word from you. I've got to have something that's going to feed my soul and the soul of your people and help us in this last day. So the watchman walks the walls and has this need to be watching. Uh, number two, watchmen, second characteristic of a watchman. They are awake. They're awake. They understand the dire consequences of being asleep. And in order to have a discernment, you have to have a prayer life. You have to have a, you have to have a, a life in the Word of God. And, and a watchman has a life in prayer and a, and a, and a life in the Word of God. And they, they can't sleep. They can't sleep on the wall. They can't sleep in such an hour. We get into the New Testament. We saw in the Old Testament all these watchmen on the walls. The first thing we hear about the, the, in the epistles constantly is watch. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. We're still hearing that cry in the New Covenant. We're hearing that command to watch and pray. Watch and pray. And so we have the characteristics of a watchman is that that they're in the Word of God. They're in prayer because they want to have discernment. They don't want to be asleep in such an hour. The third characteristic of a watchman is this deep awareness that they are accountable to the Lord. They're accountable to God. Listen to Ezekiel 33, uh, 6 says, But if the watchman sees the sword come and blows not the trumpet, and the people be not warned, if the sword comes and takes any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hands. Amen. Come on, we see other places where it says, Don't ask to be a teacher so quickly. Because with it's going to come a much severe judgment. Sometimes I ask God, what did I ask for? It, it ought to put the fear of God in us, the weightiness of the words of God that we're bringing out of a pulpit. It, it, ought to, it ought to make us tremble. It ought to make us think carefully of every word. It ought to make us think that, uh, that, that to fear God more than uh, being afraid to hurt people with the word of God. 
that we come and bring the truth no matter what. And we speak it whether people take it seriously or not. Marcy and I have been going through the book of Jeremiah. And man, I'm telling you, he, he just constantly was bringing the word of God. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. And they kept plugging their ears. We don't want to hear it. Jerusalem's going to be destroyed. Watch out. Get ready. We're going into captivity in Babylon for 70 years. No, we don't want to hear your mouth. We, we, you know, they were just absolutely pushing it away. And he said, I don't care if you want to hear it or not. It's the voice of God. And it's going to happen whether you like it or not. So get your hearts ready. Get your hearts ready. He kept telling them, get it ready. And they didn't get it ready. And then in, in, in an hour, everything changed. And I'm telling you, it, it's the same here in our nation and in our world. And so they speak whether the people take them seriously or not. And whether we like it or not, we've had numerous, numerous watchmen on the wall in this nation for year after year after year after year that have been warning us of things like what we're dealing with today. But we just turn it off because we want to hear the smooth speakers we want to hear the entertaining things and we don't want to deal with those things that, that, that they're warning us are coming. But I believe now is the time to take serious the voice of the watchman. Amen. And so something in them uh, just just cries out uh, that, that, that they are accountable to God. And, and they know that when they deliver the word, now you're accountable to God. That the word they're bringing now makes you accountable to, to, to God. And they're speaking that word to your heart. Number four characteristic of a watchman is they have a deep love for God and his people. They have a deep love for God and his people. Uh, some, you know, there's so many today that want to be prophets. There's so many today that want to have titles today. They want to be, you know, add apostle on the front or add prophet on the, on the front of that. And most of the time, those people, there are, there are genuine people out there speaking the words of God. But most of the time, a lot of what we've seen in the last several years is that most of the time they just want recognition. They just want name recognition. They just want to be recognized. But a watchman is a person who doesn't desire the title of this or that. They just want to bring the word of God to the body of Christ because they love God's people. They love God. They love God's people. They'll go into this word. They'll get the message out. Whether they get whether, whether they have a pulpit, whether it's on a street corner, whether it's one-on-one, -on -one, they're going to take the word of God to the people of God no matter what because it's in the heart of them to do so. Number five characteristic of a watchman is they know they have a word from the Lord and, and, and because the, of the life in that word. They know they have a word from the Lord because of the life in that word. Listen to what Jeremiah 29 and 9 says. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. In other words, the fire was the life in the word and the word was so alive in this man's heart. It wasn't some preaching from last year or a message I just dug up. It's a fire burning in their bones. It's something that they've gone into the Word of God and it's living and it's breathing and it's alive in them and when they preach it, they believe every single word of it whether anybody else does or not. It's alive and living. Amen? It's living. And so with that, what's the misfortune? Concerning the watchman, what's the misfortune of it all today? What's so unfortunate is that so many people don't take the watchman's voice seriously today. And, and, and I want to answer three questions of why, or three answers of why do people not take the voice of the watchman seriously? 
So we've kind of identified watchmen and what they're supposed to do. But now let's look at the responsibility of people who sit under watchmen and who hear the voice of the watchman and why we don't take those voices seriously, why we tune them out, why we don't listen to those voices. And here they are. Number one is false security. Number one is false security. It brings apathy. He's warning, but nothing's happening. He warns for years, Oscar. Hey, America, you're drifting in the wrong direction. You're aborting babies by the droves. You're, you're, you're ordaining people in the pulpits, marrying people that ought not to be married to one another. You're continuously doing things that you know are against my word. You're driving me out of society and I've got people sounding the alarm. They're, they're, they're raising the trumpet up. They're blasting it. But you're closing your ears. And the reason you're closing your ears is because the stock market's going through the roof. And because my job, I've never had a better job in the history of mankind. And man, I keep getting raise after raise after raise after raise. And it leads, Raymond, to a false security, and, which leads to an apathy. Good times has never been better in America. It just keeps getting better and better and better and better. And all the while, the prophet is the watchman. God is being patient and the watchman is sounding the alarm. Repent, America. Turn back or else. Judgment that fell on Sodom and Gomorrah can fall here. Judgment that fell in Noah's day can fall here. Judgment that fell on England back so far back. Judgment that fell on Moscow, it can fall here. We just cry, everything is well. Hush up, ma'am. We don't want to hear you. We'll go over to this church. We don't need to hear that doom and gloom. We don't need to hear those depressing messages. We need to just keep on keeping on over here. And then so it, it leads this false security begins to lead us to bring apathy into our heart. Jesus addressed this to a church uh, tragically in, in, in Revelation. And it was uh, the Laodicean church. And he tells them, you're lukewarm and you're apathetic. And he says, the reason... Is because you say I'm rich and I'm increased with goods and I have need of nothing. And that's exactly where we are. That's exactly where Americans living in the Laodicean age are today. Living in this bubble that they really don't see the seriousness of the times that we are in. We really don't see how serious, we don't really don't see how close judgment really is at the door of our nation. We really don't see how near the coming of the Lord is. And we're living in this prosperity bubble that tends to blind us and give us false security. And we don't even see that nations are aligning themselves in the Middle East. We don't see what's going on with Syria, Iran, Turkey, and all the things going on around the nations that are beginning to advance and march together and come together for the last day battles that we see outlined in Revelation. And we just turn a blind eye and we just continue to live as though we got a hundred years to live. Amen. And it brings a false sense of security. And that's the reason they can't hear the blow of the, of the watchman. Number two, or, 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 or excuse me, the, the, the first thing that, that, that the trumpet uh, of the watchman under false security brings is apathy. And the B part of that is it, is it brings an abuse of grace. It brings an abuse of grace. People sit in the house of God and you preach against sin. 
And they just stay in their sin and they think God is overlooking the sin and He doesn't care and that He's not going to judge us for our sins and that He doesn't that, 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 he, that He doesn't mind us sitting in the house of God with our abomination and our filth when, when the Bible clearly tells us the soul that sins, it shall die. The, the Bible tells us clearly that sin separates us from God. The Bible clearly gives us warning after warning to flee our youthful lust and to flee these things. The Bible clearly tells us that grace is not uh, something that comes in to help us abuse sins, but it's something that actually comes in that gives us the power to leave sin. Peter talks about judgment. Listen to what he says in the New Testament. He says in 2 Peter 3.11, Seeing these, uh, then these, all these things that shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to live in holy conversation or behavior and godliness? Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of Him in peace without spot and blameless. Now is not the time to be playing games in the house of God. Now is not the time to be comfortable and casual in your sin. Now is the time to be sober, to be vigilant. Now is the time to be without spot. Now is the time to be blameless. As you see these things coming, now is the time to run to the blood of Jesus Christ and to run as far away as you can from this world and this world system. Amen? And grace gives you the power to put away sin and to live soberly and godly in this present age. So why do people not take seriously the Lord's watchman? Number one, false security. Number two, familiarity. Familiarity. Mark 6, 4. A prophet is without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and among his own house. Something about sitting and listening to a preacher week after week, Sunday after Sunday, that can cause a dullness to come into the heart of men and women until we get so familiar with that pastor, we get so that a dullness comes in, we get bored, and, and, and we've heard them year after year after year. You begin to see their flaws after you've known them for so long. You see the little, the little things in their life that, that, that are still being sanctified, and, and, and you lose a sense of honor for those people and after long you begin to close your ears and you begin to shut out the voice of God and that's a very very dangerous place to be we've got a lot of sermon uh, tasters in America and we've got a lot of gospel hardened people sitting in the pews who no longer listen to the people that preach the messages amen and as imperfect as they may be if they love God with all their heart and they have a word from the Lord, they're not speaking out of their own heart when they stand in that pulpit. They're speaking from the mouth of God. And I would advise you to listen. For whatever reason, this is the way and the method God. He didn't give it to angels. He didn't give it to anybody else. He gave it to men and, to, and, to, and people to go out of these walls and begin to speak out of your mouth the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we are imperfect and we are flawed. But he, those that love Him and seek Him with all their heart and go into the prayer closet, they come out of that place with a word from God and a fire in their bones. And you would take heed to listen to those people. Every time I go into a Sunday school class, 
class. Every time I go into uh, to listen to somebody behind the pulpit, I did it Wednesday night. I had all sorts of people, black people, white people. But we had every denomination under the sun there. And every person I looked at, they were all different. Some were handsome. Some looked, didn't look so handsome. And every one of them, some looked well-to-do, some didn't look so well-to-do. And every single one of them, I looked at them as though they were the oracle of God. And they spoke into my heart and my life was changed that night because I was willing to go in there and to say, these people have gone in to this word. They've got us something from God and they're coming to deliver it. And I don't understand it, but God's going to anoint them. And when it comes out of their mouth, it's the word of God. And I'm going to receive it no matter what I think about them or not. Amen. And you're missing and cutting off a blessing if you don't do that. You better fight that flesh and not become dull in the hearing. Familiarity. They did it to Jesus. That's just Joseph and Mary's boy. That's just the carpenter's son. Don't pay him any mind. Oh, that's that preacher from Brookside. We've heard him a thousand times now at the community service. I'm not going tonight. And, and, and so you may have just missed the word of the Lord. Why do people not take seriously the voice of the Lord's watchman? Number three. I'm almost three. Trial weary. Trial weary. And boy, if this isn't going on today. In the last days, the Bible said we're going to go through, saints are going to go through trial after trial after trial after trial battle weary after battle weary after battle weary and now we get to a point where you say with everything that I've gone through and this is what you're going to preach to me today come on brother I'm tired you want to preach more of this more gloom to us you're telling us it's going to get worse and I came here to hear that and so we can, if we're not careful, we get trial weary. And, and I just don't want to deal with it. I, want to hear, I don't want to hear about the days getting down. I don't want to read the book of Revelation because I, I don't want to see any more bad coming upon the earth. And, and so we shut the voice of the watchman off. But I'm telling you, folks, we cannot close our ears to God's Word. God will give you the grace to hear these messages. God will give you the grace to hear what the watchmen are speaking to our hearts in the last days. And God is preparing you in the trials little by little for what's coming ahead. And you need them whether you realize it or not. You need all this that we're going through because each trial is building you for the heavier things that are coming in the future. It, and, and in it, it cultivates a testimony. And that's what the world needs in the last days because there's going to be a lot of people who haven't done that and haven't heeded that and their faith in the, in, in the days ahead is going to be very weak and very shallow and they're going to be running away around confused and dazed and scared and they're going to need somebody to come along and that has a testimony that they can hear. Hey, I've already been through the child. I've already been through, through this. I've already gone through the fire. I've already gone through the flood. And guess what? My God delivered me. And because my God delivered me, He's going to deliver you. He delivered me from the lion. He delivered me from the bear. He delivered me from that uncircumcised Philistine. And He's going to deliver you right now. God is preparing you right now if you will listen to the watchman that you will stand in the hour to come and you will be a testimony. And God needs testimonies. 
That's what one half of you here wasn't a preacher in a pulpit. Half of you was somebody's testimony. Come on, it was somebody's testimony. These guys back here, man. I couldn't wait to meet this guy. I already knew him. Your testimony preceded you coming here today. Because the tailor had already shared your testimony with me. And so, 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 you know, we, we need to hear. God, give us the grace to, to hear the watchman and give us the grace to go through these things and not to, not to get so trial-weary because these trials are building into us uh, things that when the trials and the tribulations and the floods come, I'm an anchor for somebody in the body of Christ. I'm an anchor. I'm an anchor to somebody. You know, one time this guy had to have an anchor for him and now he can be an anchor to somebody else. And that's, that's, that's what we do. And so with all this in mind, let me ask the question. Is there a word from the Lord, do you think, that watchmen, or that I have, or watchmen have today for the body of Christ that we should be hearing? And I say there is one, and it's this. It's vital now that you be rooted and grounded in the Word and prayer. Yes. And I'm just going to kind of talk for a second. I went through church, and I don't know why I thought this. I think I was just blinded. I think I was blinded until Christ removed the veil. But I, after I got out of church, I couldn't believe. I was like, I was like, why growing up did they not tell me to read? I'm sure they told me to read the Bible. That would be absolutely foolish. But I felt as though, like, it's that simple. No, I took this to church for year after year after year with my family, and nobody instructed me to just open the book and read it. Nobody showed me how to open the book and read it. You just went into classes. They just spill it out there to you. Nobody ever took the time to take me aside and say, Brad, you can read this book yourself. You ought to read this book. And here's how you read this book. When I got saved, it was because my dad, for once, I don't know, it must have been the Holy Spirit, didn't give me a lecture or tell me about what he read in the book. For the first time, I don't know why, he told me I had just done some horrible sins, some things going on in my life. For the first time, he said, go get the Bible. All those years of growing up, going to church, finally, at 21 years old, he told me, all I can do, Brad, is tell you, this is what I did and here's what I tell you to do. Go get the Bible. I opened up to the book of James. You go wherever you want to go, but I would advise you to ask the Holy Spirit to help you. It's a spiritual book. You can't understand it without Him anyway. And so, after Ask his help, and I advise you to read the Bible. And you know what? I went into my room, and with tears in my eyes, and I cried out, God, if you would still have a wretch like me and a scoundrel like me who just went out to bars and did all kind of horrible things last night, if you would still have me, then please have me. And if you can open up somebody's eyes to this, help me. And I began to read, and my goodness, my life got transformed. I couldn't put this book down. I fell in love with it. Immediately, I knew I was called. i got to tell people this. This is truth. I've got to tell them this. And so and my life was radically changed, but it happened by reading the Bible myself. And so I'm just pleading with you. If I've never told you from this pulpit or never taken you aside or never done it, I'm telling you right now, it is so vital. Young person, old person, it is so vital that you get a Bible now and you open the pages of this Bible and you begin to seek it out and study it. 
Listen, do you know what I did? I couldn't understand it. So I went and got myself a children's Bible. I got this dollar brand Bible and read these Bible stories and I'd read about them in, the, in there. And then I'd go to this Bible and they'd make sense. They would come alive. I had a little bit of understanding what was going on. Just seek it out. I begin to ask people. Go to people. That's what the church should be about. We'll stop service and not even preach one day if we need to lead somebody into understanding how to find God and read the Bible yourself. Just come to somebody and ask. And the same with prayer. Prayer is simply talking with God and I'm guarantee you if you'll take this Bible in the prayer closet with you and you begin to read it, prayers will start coming out of your heart. You'll begin to ask God some things. You'll begin to talk to Him and don't talk to Him like you're some King James scholar. Talk to Him like He's your, like you know Him, like you talk to Him. Oh, thus saith the Lord, thou God of heaven and earth. No, just talk to Him. Hey God, this is Brad. Remember me? I'm struggling today and I need your help. Please help me, God. And begin to just talk to him like a friend. He wants to know you and he wants to talk with you. And it's that simple and it's that easy. And you don't have to be a preacher or a prophet or a teacher or a king or a poet. You just have to have a heart that is transformed and humble and knows him. Amen. Or wants to know him. Hallelujah. And so it's not now's the time to get rooted and grounded. Because look, when the it's good. Look, I would like to tell you the world's just going to get rosier and rosier. I just don't feel that. When I read the Bible, when I see those things, are we going to have good times ahead? Yeah, there'll be some good days. But let me tell you about, there's going to be some rough days too. Because evil has been unleashed on this world. And I'm going to tell you, you don't want to wait till the next big thing happens to get rooted and grounded. That's not the time to get rooted and grounded in the world. Where it doesn't work that way. You get rooted and grounded in the Word today. You get rooted and grounded in the Word. So get into the secret place, get into the Bible, and begin to know Him. Let me close with, uh, in Nahum, one last verse, let me close. This one's going to bring you comfort at the end. Hallelujah. Let's end with comfort. Sound good? Nahum 1.6. I want you to see that. He's bringing a word of judgment here, but the watchman, and, and, but right in the middle of it, Right in the middle, our God is so good. It's like that song we just sang. What the song, man? The song about the mercy that we were just singing, man. Oh, just powerful, powerful, powerful. And uh, there's a shirt I think down at your place, Winchester just did it, or somebody did. I think one of the guys that Rick did it says, "Mercy triumphs judgment." I don't know if you've seen that, but that's a pretty cool shirt. I wish you'd have brought me one today. No. <laughs> and, uh, but, it, but it's pretty cool. It's out of James. But, but that's what's taking place here is like right in the right at here. He's telling about judgment and right in the middle. He just gives us, as Daniel says, this nugget, this nugget, man, of just thank you, Jesus. Just just a, a wonderful mercy. And listen to what he says. He says, who can stand before his indignation and who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? He says his fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him. And then right in the center of this chapter, listen to this encouragement to God's people. And then he says, the Lord is good. He says, he's a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows them that trust in him. And so regarding troubled times, let me give you these three things that he just said. You ought to be able to, you don't have to be a sermon putter together to know that. Look at them. It just says regarding these troubled times, number one, the Lord is good. 
He says, the Lord is good. He's saying in troubled times like we're living in with COVID and all the things we're facing with, with chiefs being in the, in the uh, police chiefs being in ICU, with, 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 with relatives passing away, with all kinds of things going on, job layoffs and, and things going on in the nations and ridings out in the streets. He says, remember this, God's people are going to go into the book. They're going to go into prayer. They're going to, they're going to come out of that place with a revelation that God is good. God is good. And they're going to have joy in their heart. They're going to see some things in Him. They're going to have peace and rest. They're going to know the goodness of God. And they're going to have their eyes open to this revelation. They're going to have such a vision of God and see Him in a way like they've never seen Him before. That abundant life comes out of His Word. That miraculous provision is supplied in these times. That He takes care of us. That when we get sick, He heals our bodies. That when He sees us through the stormy seas, He's with us in the boats. And, and that He's glorified. And that He gives great testimonies to us in this time. And so with all the chaos outside, he puts a song in our heart and he does all of these things. And we come out of that place knowing that God is good. And then he goes on to say, he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And what that speaks to me, number two, is the Lord is faithful. He's faithful, faithful, faithful to supernaturally protect his people. He's faithful to provide with his, for his people. And he's, for, he's faithful to make a way for his people. He's faithful to strengthen his people, to comfort his people, to bring hope to his people, to lead his people and guide his people. If you'll just go and take time to seek him, you will find him and you'll, you'll find the way to go and to walk in the days ahead. And, and so he knows how to do these things. And then number three, lastly, it says he knows them that trust him and I love that I take comfort in that today that we know that in the good in the difficult days that God knows his own he doesn't leave us without comfort he doesn't leave us without hope he doesn't leave us without strength and he knows how to let you know that you belong to him and you need to know that today if you're going to survive the days that are coming up, if not careful, if you don't belong to Him, you're always going to think, this is against me. He's after me. He's coming after me. And you're going to think He's a hard taskmaster and I'll bury my talent because He's just, he's just a hard God and He's coming. But, 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 but those who know their God, those who know their God, those who, who, who have run into the strong tower, the, Lord, the, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run in and they are safe. Those who know their God will be strong and and do mighty exploits. And so, so, so uh, he is a stronghold for us, the Bible says. And he knows those that are his. And he will reveal himself to you like that in the day of trouble. In the day of trouble, he will reveal that to you. And I'm so grateful for that today. And so I want to ask you in closing, number one, does the Lord know you? And do you know the Lord? And number two, I would like to ask you, if you know the Lord, do you have a devotional life? And I'm not talking about watching sermons on the internet. And I'm not talking about Bible apps and such like. I'm talking about taking this Word of God and it can be, can be on this. I just warn you, if it dings every five seconds from notifications, this probably would be a better method if this distracts you all the time. And to go into that secret place and to get a devotional life with Him. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm a perfectionist and I, when I spend time doing things, I think I have to get them perfect before I can come out and present or do something. 
And so with that, I can bring a lot of condemnation on myself about prayer and about Bible study. And so I think when I go in a room and I read, I, I think I got to read entire chapters. And uh, I told Marcy, I kind of avoided Jeremiah and I'm in Jeremiah right now. And the reason I avoided it because I always feel like I got to read the whole thing in like a day. And there's like 50 chapters or something. And I'm like, and so then I, I get discouraged at myself because I'm not reading enough and I just give up or whatever halfway through. And, or and I start dr- dr- not understanding it and this and that. And, but but look, it should be a delight to go into the, into, the, into the place with the Lord. Go in with the Bible and just take a little bit each day. Each day in the morning or each day at night and just get to know the Savior. Read a couple of verses and get to know Him. But I encourage you to get a devotional life now. And if you'll do that sincerely, God will reveal His heart to you. He will. He's speaking today. He is speaking. And He will do that. Father, we love You, Lord. Thank you so much, God, for the Word of God. Lord, thank you for... God, I know a different message today, God. Odd topic, talking about watchmen. But Lord, I think vital to the day that we're living in. God, we need people who will spiritually watch over our soul. We're so concerned today about the physical. It's all we're hearing on television. So concerned about the physical now. And I hear so few concerned about the essential spiritual things now. God, my spiritual life is so essential. And God, it's so essential now that we have a life in Your Word. It's so essential now that we have a life in the pages of Scripture. It's so essential that we gather together with other believers. It's so essential, God. That we, that we, that we uh, Lord, uh, spend time with You and know You. So essential that we laugh and cut up and have fellowship. Lord, it's so essential that we do some things we enjoy. God, it's so essential, Lord, that our spiritual life is exercised and that we know You. It's so essential, God, that we hear the voice of, of people who are watching out for our souls, God. That's the people I want, to get, I want to get around. That's the people I want to listen to. Somebody that I know has this in their, in their heart, God, that, that, that I know they're watchmen on the wall. They're not sleeping in a time such as this. They're protecting the body of Christ. They're looking out. They're loving the, the church the way uh, the, that Christ loves the church, God. And, and Lord, we want to hear the voice of the watchman. We want to hear the Word of God, both the sweet words today, the honey words, and, and the smooth words, and, and the difficult words, God. And if the difficult words come over and over and over for a period of time, then God, give us the stomach to to endure it, God. And Lord, help us to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church now, God. And Lord, I just pray that You would raise up watchmen all in this room today, God, to go, God, and to, and to, to share the Word of God with other people, Lord. We love You. We give You the praise and we give You the honor. In Jesus' holy name, amen.